I think I think my initial plan was to come on and kind of just give you a motivating, like, let's get after this year. And then I was sort of just tracing back, like, the root of my empathy and the place that that really was born from. And it, it just, it was something that I hid for such a long time that I knew that I was this deeply feeling, feel inspired, empathetic human being. But because that was like sort of something that I had to turn off a lot as a child, I got really good at just flipping that like a switch, like caring and then being the least caring, cold person required for specific situations. And as I grew into an adult, having that as a power, um, as it was celebrated, having that as something um, <laughs> like really morphed me into this like deeply in an empathetic human who could just make decisions, um, sort of like a robot. And I was leaning into that. And then there was just a specific point in life that, that switched everything from there on. Okay, let's go. Hey, you're on this journey on this season five vibe and everything season five as I'm forecasting what it will look like is all about settling into the being, the knowing, transitioning from believing to knowing and fine tune correcting what that looks like and just living. And we started out this show, you know, really thinking that this was going to happen overnight. And one of my greatest accomplishments of all of this will be just continuing on and showing an example, a real life example of what it looks like to turn your life around. And so if you're just happening upon this show in season five, you should know there are four other seasons that have followed me on this journey this journey of turning my life around, this journey of finally getting to this place where I wasn't angry and spiteful and hateful and ego-driven. It really follows all of that. So you can go back to the start. What I will caution you is that it is unedited and pure and raw. And I was still very much in that ego hate phase of my life. And it's all lived out loud. And this whole journey has been lived out loud in truth. So you will hear me venturing into businesses that if you follow the link that I am promising you will be there, you will end up lost. You are not going to get there. Just know that. Um, But it's... It's all about that journey. It was real. It was real right then. That business I was developing, that program, that course, that whatever, it was real. And this is all real. This is me living my life out loud. So we can all do our dreams. Hey, 
Leo. You know, it is almost the new year. It's almost the new year. How are we feeling about that? How are we feeling about 2023? You know, a year that started in extreme misery, pain that I had never felt in my life. <clears throat> All at once. All at once. I've never known loss like I knew in 2023. And I don't know, you know, if I'm closing that chapter, if I'm turning the page from 2023, I think so often we're going through those moments and we're thinking, sheesh, this is terrible. You know, I had some of those thoughts yesterday as I recorded this. Hey, these ordinary days, I don't like them much. I just don't. I like, I like consistent. I like system. I like, I've been learning to understand human. It is, you should just know this about me that it is, easier for me to tune out and act as if it never happened and to turn off my energy and existence completely like not care at all and like i don't like tempt me <laughs> you cross me you don't believe in me you're just done there is no feeling there. And some people probably keep some ties on just like, nope, you lose access. You're done. You hurt my people. You hurt me. You're done. Other people may care. I don't. I really don't. I'm really great at just turning that off. And it scares me. It does. Because once once it's off and like i give people every chance every chance i believe in the best of human beings i really do and you get every chance to show up and do better and i will have very little expectations of what i think you should be doing because i think you should be doing you and wherever you're at i'm gonna love you and help you through that but if you make me bleed my own blood, <laughs> like, I'm done. I got room and I am the most loving and accommodating person that you will ever meet. And at the same time, I am the coldest, least caring and concerned person you will ever meet if you cross me and you hurt my people and you hurt me and I don't know you know I think knowing that you have that 
that ability. And like we've maybe listened to the show, maybe you haven't, but I like I used to, that was literally my strength when I would interview. Like, hey, <clears throat> I know that I'm going into healthcare and being caring and compassionate is supposed to be a very important component of that. But what I find is that in management, the ability to turn off all caring and just get the job done is extremely important. And I am very good at doing that. Other people care and they're empathetic and I am not. And that's what I would say. I, I like if, if feelings are not required, I am very good at that. I am very good at in analyzing systems and analyzing data and coming in with the cold, hard facts based on statistical backups. I will not feel a thing as much as a computer would running the data and I will deliver it that way and we will change systems and I will not be brought down and, and people can try to bully me and other people have been bullied out of these situations, but I don't feel or give a fuck. So I am the person for this job. And then they're like, yeah, I mean, we're putting you into a highly volatile situation with extremely volatile people. And if you can succeed here, it would take that kind of person. And we need that. So then that lands you the second interview. And the second interview is with one of those volatile people. <laughs> and maybe you don't say the things in that exact way, but you deliver a hard sell for your ability to turn something around as a result of this lack of empathy. And you do really well. You nail it, you come in, you develop new systems, you get people on board, you get them to see the bigger vision of where we're going, you survive the bullying attempts that have broke down many individuals before you. And the result of that survival is the request of two things. One, to leave <clears throat> and run off into the sunset with this group and, and go into a different system and develop the strategy and all the things for that to happen. And then you're presented with leave that group and come and do this for everybody else. And, you know, I think I took the safer option at that time for my family and, and for who I was. And I, you know, I think there was a part of me that would have never tapped back into the sympathy because of how quickly I was climbing because of the celebration of my lack of empathy. People loved that. And I was like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I'm just good at that. I'm just good. I like data. I like hard facts and I like being able to deliver that. And I like investigating what those things are and then delivering on them and making sure that we are, we are concise and we are backing it. You know, we're not just saying, oh, we need to change this because I came in and I think this system is BS. No, I'm going, hey, 
hey, I ran the statistics on this. I've been looking at this data all day, and I really think that this is going to make an impact. And not only do I think that, I think we track that and we see if it does. And if it doesn't, we don't have to do this system. But if it does, should we do it? Yeah, we should do it, obviously. Well, yeah, if it works and we're tracking that and we know that it works, we're going to do that. Great idea. Yep. And so, I don't know, it was just so celebrated. (laughs) Had me climbing very quickly because guess what? People who can do that, people who can get people... To, to come to an idea, people who can get people to rally around an idea, people who can move people who have been immobile to ideas and differences. Yeah, that's an important person to have. And guess where that's an extremely important person to have in a healthcare system that has not moved in decades. Yeah. And so as I was climbing and that continued to be the celebrated fact of me while at the same time it was also like celebrated and I was supposed to give more and do more and inspire more and take on more and volunteer more and do all the things, you know, COVID started happening. And then I was sitting at those tables and I was having those conversations and I was rocking my babies to bed at night. It just, so confused and conflicted with the world. You know, we pulled our kindergartner, her first year of school, pulled her out for spring break and she never went back. She never saw her friends again. She had to go into daycare where everybody was masked. She was confused. She was lost. She didn't get to see her friends. And when she did get to see them, she didn't get to play with them. And I would just come home, not sure if my essential clothing was going to kill them or not getting undressed in my garage and sprinting half naked into my house because I was so worried that I was bringing that into my house. And then I'm like, for what? For what? And then I'm also sitting at the meetings where we're going, you know, every night I'm coming home, rocking my crying, screaming, confused children to bed And I come in the next day from just heart-wrenching home life, like, because we're so confused and conflicted. My husband and I are both essential workers. We're both running into the house half-naked, running directly down to the basement, hoping that we're not bringing what this is we don't know, right? Like, it's just hysteria and fear that we don't even understand at that point. And so it's just like, you're doing what you need to do to survive and and you don't know what that means and you don't know what this is and so you're protecting your household at all costs and you know whether it was or wasn't real isn't really the conversation in that moment for what we knew this was very real and it was something we were potentially bringing into our house every single day. And so, right, we did the best that we could, you know, come home, take clothes off, don't even walk through the house, don't even wear the same shoes that you're wearing outside, just just go directly down, hot wash everything, and then go upstairs, take, take a shower, because that's as, as close as we could get, wash everything, sanitize everything, and then, then just try to make life seem normal. And then I have to pull up to these meetings. I have to sit 
around a corporate desk and make decisions, inhumane decisions about the people who work here. And then I have to grapple with the fact that we are going to go back, tell the people who are living the same nightmare I am every night at home that that they shouldn't be worried about childcare, that even if their childcare closes, we have come up with a solution. And the best solution possible is that your kids, we have a daycare. So that's no longer an excuse. You don't have an excuse to not be here. You have to be here if you want to keep your job. You have to be here, right? You have no excuse now. And this is what no excuse looks like. Take your children to a health to a gym facility in downtown Waterloo, which is a a metro town, right? Like a bigger town. Take them there and they will have childcare with the rest of the healthcare professionals in this metro area. Take them there. Like my child, my kindergartner, who, who doesn't understand why she got pulled from her daily, right, social network gathering at school. My kindergartner, who won't even go to her regular daycare without kicking, screaming, and crying in fright to the people that she knows, to her friends that she knows, to her caregivers that she knows, won't even go there without screaming and crying and not understanding what's going on. You want me to take her to a different facility that she has never been to, leave her with people I have never met, surround her with children who are being exposed to this virus every single day, because we all work in healthcare, and just sit here and act like that's okay because you're paying these people $40,000 a year, right? And then they'd hold that over their head. If you want to keep your job, this is what you will do. And for what? And that's what I, you know, I remember sitting and hearing that, like getting sick to my stomach. And this was the start of my empathy returning. And it's so funny because I literally went into healthcare because I did not want, I wanted to be a different administrator than the administrator that told John Q that his son could not get surgery because they did not have insurance. Like I wanted to be better than that. I wanted to be a human in those situations. That's what I wanted to be. And I'm sitting in that boardroom and they, they, Tell us that that's what's going to have to happen because these people are essential and someone's got to take care of these sick people and too bad, so sad. If, if their kids get sick, too bad, so sad. If, if their kids are sad, they have to be here. That is the requirement. There was no conversation and I get it. It's business. Like it is a business. You got to take care of the people. We got to have people to take care of the people, but there was not an empathetic heart in that boardroom making that decision. And I was like, I can't. I am the sitting here agreeing to this, saying that this is a viable solution and knowing what these people are experiencing because I'm experiencing it. 
And I get it. Nobody there had kids that they had to worry about. Most of the people sitting around this table either were childless at that point or had spouses who stayed home so that they could work full-time in administration. So none of them were grappling with the things that I were, right? Like with the things that I was. They didn't have two spouses who worked outside of the home. They were just coming here and making this decision based off of nothing at all, except for the fact that they needed to keep this hospital running. And they did. So fair. Um, but I couldn't stomach it. I couldn't stomach it. I couldn't do it. I just, I, I, it was the return of my empathy. I could not ignore the fact that I was putting someone in this position. That the things that I was struggling with every night were going to be the things that these people were struggling with every single night, but worse because I wasn't even in Caroline. I wasn't even in direct Caroline, right? Like I wasn't working with patients. So their struggles were worse than mine. And I was going to sit there and have to vote yes, because there really was no other way to vote. That was the option. And as they delivered it, to care workers, like, we're saving you from this situation. Here's a great option. But it wasn't. It was a terrible option. It was heartless and, and, and had no understanding of what was going on at all. And I know that that's how business works. But I think that was the moment was like, if this is how it works, then I don't want to work. I don't want to work this way. I don't want to be this person. I don't want to make these decisions. And quite frankly, I don't want to celebrate my heartlessness anymore. Because I have a heart. Because I am naturally empathetic. And the world had slowly beaten that out of me because they had celebrated the fact that I had this, what we would call superpower. And now, like I get to move through the world with my heart. I get to put it to work on matters that matter. I, I don't have to turn off and become the heartless zombie very often. Sometimes I do. Like sometimes like, Hannah, you got to just work. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, zoned in. Are we sure we want to turn her off all day? Okay. We can do that. She can just work, but it doesn't turn on and off that easily. So you good to work for three days straight? No sleeping, no thinking, no talking, no experiencing the world. Okay. We're good. Yep. Okay. Turn her on then. And then she just goes, but she doesn't go like and have to like have to discount or, or disclude humans anymore she like goes in her truth she uses that as a way to work 
instead of a way of work. You know? Like, I use that to get stuff done, and it makes me extremely effective. And I used to use that to get people to do things. And it made me extremely... just like toxic and I don't know that toxic is the right word because I was like trying to move them forward um, it made me really charismatic made me very good at what I did um, but it didn't make me a very good human and I knew what I was doing and I knew the agendas that I was advancing I knew and it was exciting because it meant I was going to keep climbing the ladder. And I was climbing the ladder. And it was so great. Like, literally, I got celebrated for so many things. Dang it. I was really good at it. But uh, sitting in that boardroom, hearing that the solution, and here was the, this was the topper. This really did me in, and this is when I said, no, absolutely not. I'm done. I'm done. Um, it, which you should know, we had been planning for my exit for, in January. We started kind of planning and preparing for what it would look like if Hannah was to leave. And that usually looks like a six-month six time frame where you – this is how I try to get people to do it if they're going to, to make that leap. Give yourself six months. Take what you would have, what you would earn, and stop living off of it for six months. Don't live off of it. And instead of living off of that money, right, go down to one salary or, or to none, right? See how lean you can live, whatever that looks like for you. For the, us, it looked like, okay, we're going to live off one salary. And we're going to do that as lean as we possibly can. And then we saved every single dime that I would have made over that six months. Just to help us prepare to make that leap. Anyways, we had planned to start doing that in January. I was going back and forth. Do we do this? Do we not? Trying to make a decision. And then I sat down in that boardroom that day and they said, the YMCA, that's where people are going to take their kids. We will have caregivers there for all of the health systems across the area. So none of our nurses and, and healthcare staff can say that childcare is an excuse. Because if we let that be an excuse we're going to be in trouble, which is true. And then they said that too bad. So sad. If that's not a good option, that is the option and you will not have a job and you're going to need a job. And if you lose your job here, the place across town, ain't going to hire you either. Right? So you're stuck. Take your kid to the Y. That's it. Don't care. Don't care. You have an option now. No excuse. Get here. Come to work. That is your job. And then, and then this happened. And then 
our foundation comes in and they're like, hey, the world's finest chocolate people who would usually be doing door-to-door chocolate bar sales right now have a bunch of chocolate that's going to expire. And so they're going to donate it to us, right? Which is a write-off. So congratulations, the world's finest chocolate. And they're going to donate it to us. And I think that would be such a great thank you to these healthcare workers for the sacrifices that they're making. And I'm just sitting there blinking and, and all of the administration is like, oh my gosh, that would be a really nice thank you. We're going to give them a chocolate bar. And they probably did way more than that, right? I didn't stick around to find out. But even at the nod of like, yeah, chocolate bars, great. And I'm like, near expiration donated chocolate bars. Not chocolate bars that y'all are going and buying because you're so appreciative. Near expired tax write-off chocolate bars. Thank you. Here's a chocolate bar. I hope that this comforts you as you rock your children to sleep in your tear-stained clothes because you just walked naked from your garage to your house and you don't know if you brought the disease in with you. I hope this chocolate bar helps you and I hope you eat it before its expiration date, but I don't care if you do or don't because this at least helps me sleep at night. We gave you something. We appreciated you. Slap a logo on it and smile because we did our job as administration. We found you childcare and we gave you a chocolate bar and we kept your job. You should be bowing at our feet. You're welcome. And after that was said, and that was not said, but that's my take from it. I couldn't stomach it anymore. And then I would go to work on projects that I had been trying to launch and get off of the ground for three years that nobody would adopt. That all of a sudden when we turn the table and we say, this is the only way you're gonna get paid, guess what? Everybody figured it out. We need telehealth, we need telehealth. Telehealth would really make our, our patients' lives a lot easier. Nope, nope, we're not figuring that out. They gotta come here if they're sick, they gotta come here, that's the only option. We're not figuring that out. I'm like, okay, don't figure it out. But then guess what? Oh, you're not going to get paid if you don't see patients. You can't see patients in the office. So in two days, two days, we had telehealth figured out too. And I know it was an insurance billing thing even more than it was, you know, infrastructure thing, but come on. And I was just like, no, financially, you would figure this thing out. But when I was coming at you and saying like, your patients deserve this convenience and they need it. Think about how many patients can't get here. Think about how many patients struggle to balance life and all the things and guess how nice it would be if you could just freaking figure out how to help us. You know, the core of the work that you're here to do, help people. This would be so helpful if I'm a mom and you don't really need to have hands and eyes on to, to, I don't know, 
you know, what is a thing that wouldn't need to have a sinus infection, right? Just something little like that, that you could just give me an, an inch back of my day that I don't have to run all the way into you to sit in an office because you've run behind because everybody else was running behind. Like if you could just give me a two minutes back to my day, but no, we couldn't do that when it was about you but we could when it was about us and if we were going to make money or not. And I, I know, I know it's business and we got to make money. We got to make money and we got to have nurses and we got to keep them working. And so we had to figure all these things out. And I know it was a more challenging situation than what I'm bringing to you right here. And as I was sitting around that table, I am sure that there are things that I did not know, but I could not sit there and not care anymore. Somewhere in there, I gained compassion that I have never given back. And that has only grown in the work that I'm doing now. And I don't know. I just kind of promised myself right there. And then probably a year later, all of a sudden this like new level of love and acceptance and understanding would, would develop. Um, but I sort of promised myself right there that I could not be in heartless situations anymore. And I would go on to be in heartless situations again. And I would have to continue learning this lesson over and over again until it kind of really hit home. But that was sort of the promise. You know, I'm not going to put myself through this anymore because this does not align with who I know myself to be now. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, I've enjoyed spending time with you and I cannot thank you enough for making what I do possible. If you want to continue to support the show and therefore continue the development of everything that we're doing here with the death of a dream and the development of local and all of the platforms that allow dreamers to do, you can go ahead and connect with us on socials at local shop space and connect with me on socials at Hannah Nuss. And I would love to see you there. Go ahead and check out all of our websites and everything that we do here. I would love you to do all of that, to like, share, and, and comment on everything that we're doing. But bottom line, I, I just want you to do your dreams. And as long as you're going after the things that set your heart on fire, that's all that really matters. Change the world. <laughs>